How do I meet my soulmate? How do I move on from heartbreak? Does my dream relationship even exist? Are, are dating apps the only way I can meet people? Are all relationships this hard? This is Between the Sheets with Dr. Love. Each week, your host dives into sex, love, dating, relationships, and everything in between. Welcome to Between the Sheets with Dr. Love. Hey, 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 welcome everyone. And it's me, Dr. Love, ready for another episode. Yeah, today I wanted to jump on and talk about a couple of heavy topics that people might be experiencing. Like in the wake of all of the uncertainty at the moment in the world, I thought that this might be a really good topic to talk about today. And I just want to acknowledge the hardship that people are going through at the moment and a lot of the panic that's happening around us at the moment. But it really brought up something for me and a few people that I've been talking about. And it's when you're dealing with a partner who has mental health problems. Okay. So things like depression, possibly, you know, suicide ideation and things like that. So how is it in a relationship you can actually help these people? You know, what are the hidden signs? How is it that you can be of service to them when they're in that state? Now I will give you a content warning. We're going to talk about some suicide today, about depression. And if it's, you know, a sensitive topic for you, you don't need to listen to it, or it might be a good idea that you do. In no way is this considered therapy or an opportunity for me to give you any clinical advice. This is not what this episode's about. What this is about is just creating conversation about these topics because I had someone on Instagram the other day tell me there is not much out there. I've had partners that have, you know, had significant mental health problems. I feel like I'm not sure how I can help them. And if I am helping them, is it actually even valuable for them? So I thought, let's just talk about this. So when it comes to relationships, many people really experience supporting their partner in some capacity or another, right? And those people that suffer from depression or mental illness, they really understand that support is going to play a very important role for them. So if you've been one to have to watch your partner suffer from depression, it can really make you feel helpless at times. Like you don't actually know how to help them. And Sometimes you're even fearful for their well-being depending on the severity of it or what's going on for them, especially if they're starting to talk about ending their own life. You know, it's not easy what your partner's going through. It's not easy to watch someone you love go through depression or bipolar or any sort of mood disorder, any type of anxiety disorder. It's actually not not easy to watch them go through that. And knowing you're there to support them is a priority for you as the partner, but it does take a toll on you. It's taxing, it takes energy, it's constant and your mental health as well is really important so that you can be there for them. And so it's really important to make sure that you're managing and self-checking on your own mental health. It's really natural to feel panic or maybe avoid the conversation altogether with your partner if things are coming up. Sometimes it's like the elephant in the room. You don't want to talk about it or you know it's happening, but you don't want to admit it. Maybe, you know, you're avoiding it. You're in denial. But it's important to know there are many ways that you can support them in their steps to either recovering or dealing with this, but at the same time, really important to help yourself Okay. So looking for the signs of depression, it could just be a low mood or they've been undiagnosed is really a good place to start is to, you know, what are the signs? What am I seeing? You know, what am I seeing in their behaviors? They are hard to detect. 
And sometimes having low mood is really a window into something that's a little bit more concerning. So what to look for in the hidden signs of depression? And there's a lot of support around this. You know, you've got people like, you've got institutes like the Black Dog and Beyond Blue that have got a lot of content and support in this space. I want you to to make sure you're reaching out wherever you need to if you need support in this area. But I just want to have a conversation about some of the signs that I've seen in some of the people that I love and some of the signs that my friends have seen in their relationships and some of my clients have seen these signs as well. So some of the hidden signs that have come up for people that are living with someone with a depression is food consumption and appetite. Sometimes there's a drastic change in food intake and it could be either either it could be overeating or maybe not even eating at all. They can both be signs of a bit of a depression. Some people find comfort in food and um, you know others lose their appetite because of their mood. So dramatic weight changes can indicate a mental, you know, mental suffering maybe, and it can also involve any type of self-esteem or anxiety issue as well. I will um, also put in this space is that, you know, a dramatic weight change could also be a medical problem. So I, I would definitely get that checked out and rule out that there's no underlying medical condition as well. The other thing you can look for is any sort of major trauma or life event that has happened uh, recently. So certain events can really spark symptoms of depression or maybe even worsen those pre-existing low moods that were there for them already. So it could be things like things that sort of life events or, you know, traumatic is the death of a loved one. Some people find moving a house quite traumatic changes in career paths, being sacked or let go from, a, from you know, your job, becoming a new parent, you know, motherhood, uh, losing money, separation. A lot of those big changes can add high levels of stress and trigger really some of these depressive episodes. So keep an eye on that. If you feel like your partner is prone to a lower mood or has a diagnosis of depression, or maybe you think they have depression and they're undiagnosed, look for those traumatic life events that happen and look for how what happens to their behavior and mood after that and if there is a decline, because that would be a good indication that some intervention needs to happen. The other thing is they lose interest in the things they used to love. So you might notice that your partner has started to alienate themselves from hobbies and sports that they once loved doing. So for no particular reason though, they've just slowly isolated and removed themselves from these tasks or these activities. And this is commonly known as one of the first major signs that, you know, your partner or your loved one is may be suffering from a depression or a mental health issue. So really look for that. So, you know, if you're noticing your partner moving away from any type of, you know, they loved going to the gym at one stage or they loved playing netball on the weekend or soccer or they loved going to play chess with the boys or cards and you find that that has dramatically changed or is slowly weaned off and they've removed themselves and they're not interacting with those people anymore, it might be some red flag or alarm bells around, you know, what's going on for their mood. So just watch that space as well. What you find is that um, I guess another thing is they're tired. You know, people with depression often find themselves tired, but not like a normal tired. So, you know, every adult in these days and age, we always complain of feeling tired, but those that suffer from depression are fatigued. 
they are severely or persistently tired and it's common amongst these types of mood disorders, particularly depression. So some of the research suggests that almost 90% of people with depression experience a fatigue of some sort. So look out for how much they're sleeping, if they're oversleeping, if they're sleeping more than normal, if they're dragging their feet and feel heavy more so than they ever have, it could be an indication as well. Another thing is, and this is important because they can feel fatigued, but they can't sleep. And this is another sort of red flag or another thing that can point to the direction of there might be something a bit more severe going on is that they are fatigued but can't fall asleep. So if your partner's fatigued and not sleeping, in reality, if you're fatigued, you want to sleep, your body wants to rest. But those with with depression are less likely to get that good night's sleep because of it, okay? So those with insomnia are more likely to develop a depression than normal sleepers. And the same goes for those who oversleep. So you got to think mood disorders, it's all about balance. And if you're doing, you know, too much eating or not enough eating or too much sleeping or not enough sleeping, there's an indication that you're swinging way too far to one side and not the other. You know, we want something in the middle around the medium. So I want you to look out for, uh, are they fatigued, but they can't get to sleep at night? Or if they are sleeping, they're getting up quite frequently and can't stay asleep. The other thing they might do is find comfort in addictions. And this happens quite often. You know, your partner might be finding the bottom of a bottle or taking drugs or prescription medication, the way to numb their pain or how they're feeling. And this is easily disguised. And they may, this might just even start out as a recreational thing they do with friends or on the weekend or every Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. But very quickly, it can turn into an addiction if it's not monitored, especially if they're using it as a form of self-medication. So if you have an inkling of your partner falling into this space, I think it's worthwhile just taking note of how often they're doing it and are they drinking to the point where they can't feel anything at all anymore. So watch that space. The other thing is they're emotionally unavailable. It's really hard to be with someone in a like to be with someone that has a depression or a mental health disorder and it's not because there's something wrong with them. It's just that sometimes they're emotionally unavailable. You know, it's difficult to connect. And especially if you're a type of person that's quite empathetic or kinesthetic or comes from the heart, you know, that affection is important to you. So this could be quite challenging in the relationship. So, you know, suffering from depression can make you lose a sense of emotion. It can make you feel flat more often. And you're probably more so physically in the room, but your mind and your soul and your heart is elsewhere. Okay. And for your partner, it's almost like they've checked out. They've checked out of the relationship. They've checked out emotionally. They've just checked out, but they exist. They're still there, but they still want to continue the relationship because they're not sure what's going on themselves because they're so, I guess, consumed by how they're feeling and how they're feeling not very well, or they're trying to manage an anxiety, or they're so focused on what's inward and what's happening with them. They're not noticing how it's affecting you because you're the strong one or you're the one that's coping better, or they're not noticing how you're not coping. So it can be a little bit selfish, but unintentionally, but it can be a bit selfish and they're not 
available for you emotionally. So there's some of the things you can look out for, but I think what we need to talk about is, well, what what can you do? Like, can you actually help your partner that has depression? Are there options? What is it that you can do when you're in this relationship and they're emotionally unavailable and they've turned inwards and are not present in the relationship? Where does that leave you? Probably it might be worth a conversation, you know, let them know you're concerned and you're, you are there to help them. Sometimes people with depression feel like no one understands them, that what they're going through, that no one cares, but, you know, no one, everyone gets on with life apart from them. And so they really, that contributes to them isolating themselves. But by reminding them you do care that you have this open line of communication for when they're ready to talk and you're offering them space to do that can be quite refreshing. Not saying that they will take take you up on that, but just that them knowing that you have offered an opportunity for them to come and connect with you and you understand where they're coming from. You might not understand how it feels, but you are empathetic to how they're feeling. Asking questions is helpful. So try asking about their feelings like, can you help me understand how you feel? Or maybe ask about their recent habits, something about, you know, are you sleeping or eating more? I noticed that you're eating less. What's that about? Are you not feeling well? It might even mean that you need to ask questions around suicide and you say, look, are you having thoughts of death or suicide? What is going on for you? And it's really important to ask that because then you can, you know, not always, but at least you've reached out and asked and they do have an opportunity to say, you know what, I have been. They may not, but you've also given them space to say, yes, I am thinking of it or I'm not. Don't be afraid to ask your partner these types of questions. You know, if they're having suicidal thoughts, these questions won't make them want to do it more. Okay. So that's what people are afraid of. I don't want to talk about it because what if it gives them the idea and they go ahead and do it? Or what if they're thinking about it and me talking about it just feels like it's encouraging? That's actually not the case. I know trained therapists, um, that is one of the questions they need to ask everyone before they start a therapy session is that, do you think a suicide and is it uh, something that you're thinking of doing? Um, And if you have a plan, do you have a plan? So then these questions aren't going to make their recent, you know, habits or what they've been thinking about worse. That's not the case at all. So asking actually shows that you care about them and allows them to talk about their feelings, maybe their plans. And it could be the first step to getting help. It might be the first time that they realize there's an issue because they are thinking about it. So sometimes when you speak about an issue out loud, it just makes it so much more real. And that's maybe what they need. Probably avoid asking your partner negative or selfish questions like, why can't you just cheer up? Or don't I make you happy? Or you're making a really big deal out of this. You know other people are worse off than you. I don't know how you can be depressed. They're probably some of the worst questions you can ask when someone is really suffering from a depression or a mental health illness. So just be mindful of the type of questioning you're asking because a lot of those questions around why can't you just cheer up are really a bit selfish. They're about you and they're not about your partner. They're not about how your partner is feeling and what they're going through. It's about what you're not receiving and why can't they just step up so they can fill you up. But unfortunately, they're not in a space to step up and be present in the relationship. Otherwise, they probably would be. Okay. The other thing is that if you do ask these types of questions, they really aren't helpful. They probably make your partner feel worse and will eventually lead to them shutting down even more and, you know, shutting everyone out when they probably need 
you most in their life. It's almost like they need a lifeline. So that's probably why I would encourage not to ask your partners those questions. And, you know, your partner isn't depressed because of you and your relationship doesn't magically make their depression go away. They can't control what they're going through right now. So, you know, depending on where they're at, your support could really mean life or death to them. And that is not saying that if you're not there to support them and something happens, it's your fault. In no way does it mean that. But while you are present, these are just some tips that you could use to offer support in this space. So even if they're having a few good days, it's probably a good idea not to assume that the depression has gone away because that's not how depression works. Probably check in with them even on their good days, encourage them to probably see someone even on their good days because this is what happens is that they they go through a few good days. They're like, you know what, I don't actually need any help because they're feeling great or better than they were and then again something trips them up and they're in a, you know, a low mood and they're hit a downer again and they can't seem to get out of it. And it's, you know, concerning. They spent two or more weeks in this really low mood and you don't know how to cheer them up. You don't know what to do. And so, you know, even when they're well, encourage them and just notice how cheerful and how good it's been to be around them. Be by their side. Maybe make an appointment with their GP or a counsellor or a therapist that can help assist them. Ask them for permission for you to do that. Do they need some help with that or do they want to? But, you know, along the way, you need to remember to also take care of your own mental health. So having a partner who was suicidal or suffering from depression can be really demanding of you. So be sure to talk it out with a trusted friend, a family member, or you know, a helpline. There's plenty of them out there because you are definitely a support person for your partner. But in times of, you know, hardship, which you're going through a hardship on a daily basis when you're trying to support someone in that space, who is there for you? So who are you going to be speaking with and having a conversation with and maybe getting resources from and getting resources from them, you know, to help your partner, but also to help you. So I really want you to be mindful around helping yourself and there's no blame here. You have, you can offer your support and at the end of the day, your partner is really responsible for their own depression. You can support, help, you know, a a lending hand, give them space to recover. At the end of the day, they actually need to take it upon themselves to say, hey, I can't do this anymore. It's affecting me, my lifestyle and the people I love and it's hurting everyone around me, including themselves. So I really want to leave it at that. I know it's a heavy topic, but I feel like it's something that needs a bit of a conversation to the listeners out there that asked for me to talk about this. I hope some of those tips are helpful and I hope that um, maybe someone has taken away a gold nugget or a helpful hint that can help them in this space. If you are suffering from your own sort of mental illness or depression, please feel free to get on and you've got places like Black Dog, you've got places like Beyond Blue and Lifeline, give them a call. They've got free numbers online. There's so much resources online that you can have access to just to learn a little bit more about what you're going, maybe what are the indicators. And if you're not sure, go to your GP. They're available and just talk it out and, you know, they might assess whether or not you need some further intervention. But for today, for those of you that are in this space, for those of you that are suffering, for those of you that have loved ones that are suffering, my heart is with you and I offer you strength as you get through this because I know that this can be difficult. So that's today's episode. 
I got to love you and leave you. I'll see you on the next one. I'm Dr. Love. Thanks for listening to the podcast with Dr. Love. For all show notes and resources mentioned in this episode, head to www.drlove.com. That's D-R-L-U-R-V-E.com. Got a question for Dr. Love? Email her at ask at doctor.love.com. Love the show. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a review or share it with your friends. Thanks for listening, lovers. We'll see you on the next episode. This is Between the Sheets with Dr. Love.